Hello and welcome in Wednesday live chat for all things Wyndham Championship, whatever else you want to talk about, questions, concerns, comments, get them in the chat, rock and roll. We'll spend the next hour or so having a little bit of fun. It's the best hour of content in the entire week, some might say. I don't know. We'd have to poll, but it's possible. Let's use a little bit of data, a little bit of logic, a little bit of reason to see what we can find out for this week. And we will start not with the questions because I've remembered to start with the weather, which actually uh, might be interesting. So first off, before anybody asks, I'm going to use the Jamestown weather station here, which is uh, closer to Sedgefield. Sedgefield is up here, this little you know community with roads like uh, Mecklenburg. When I first saw that, I thought it was Mickelson. So my brain's obviously fried, but that that's where Sedgefield is. This is where the Jamestown station is. So I think that's uh, the closest one that we've got Thursday morning. Boy, it's not going to blow, but it looks like it's going to be pretty darn gusty. Seven or eight mile an hour winds gusts up to 24. I'm obviously no meteorologist, although I play one on Wednesdays. It is rare to see a gust, a gust range that is like three times that of the sustained winds. Okay. So that is at least different and noteworthy. The afternoon, maybe a little bit similar, seven, six, seven, eight miles an hour winds seems to be less, less gusty. I'm not going to try to predict gusts, but according to the information, that's what I'm seeing here. So then Friday, for the most part, uh, looks kind of similar. Pretty low winds all day, but a little bit gustier in the morning on Friday than in the afternoon. I think if you asked and you made me choose PM, AM, but I don't think it is super actionable. What I do think could be interesting, though, is for the more micro level things like first round leader, um, showdown contests. I think there might be some day to day edges, but I think the morning looks like it's going to play more difficult each day, which it might end up being even, but subset it within those days, you might get a little bit, a little bit of an advantage. Very interesting, though. That's that's kind of rare for um, what we've seen in the course of the last couple of weeks. Okay, on to the questions. Uh, now that we have covered some of the weather and some of the wind, actually, there is um, basically no rain in the forecast on Thursday or Friday. 0.2 inches an hour in the afternoon on Thursday. Eh, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem too crazy. Okay, Jason starts us off. Jason submitted this question seven hours ago. Hey, Ray, can you do a deep dive on Chess and Halley and Scott Stallings? They have good course history, but cu curious about their current form. Okay, let's go to rickrungood.com. It's my website, giant uh, golf database for uh, betting and fantasy. You should subscribe because uh, it is awesome. Okay, Chesson Hadley, coming off of two strong ball striking weeks in a row, 8.75 on approach at the Barracuda, 5.7 on approach at the 3M Open, T6, T27. He's made five of his last six cuts. This is certainly a field that skews weaker. We know he can get hot with the putter, though he's lost in two straight. They haven't been huge losses. Let's look at his Wyndham Championship history. You say it's good. I say it is 
also good. He's gained strokes on approach, uh, basically multiple strokes on approach in five straight T15, T8. The putter has gotten hot here. That's kind of interesting. So if you can, if you can take, you know, maybe he reads these Bermuda greens around Sedgefield. Well, uh, he's gained like 14 strokes putting in his last four trips. Combine that with some of the better approach play. That's pretty darn good. Jason, that's a pretty good call by you. Scott Stallings. Let's see how he looks. Recent form wise, uh, not nearly as good. In fact, uh, uh, that would be generous to say not nearly as good. He's been objectively horrible. He has one. No. His last top 25 was Phoenix. His last top 50 was Augusta. That's not good. He's missed seven cuts in a row. Eight of his last 10. He's hemorrhaging strokes on the putting surfaces. Drink. Losing on approach at Royal Liverpool, which I don't care about that. I actually care more about the fact that he's just been giving up all of his tee to green games gains and then some. Wyndham Championship, not nearly as good. I mean, if it's if you're down to these two, uh, Cheston feels like the superior play here. How about this? Is this Jason Duffner resurgence a real thing that you're buying? Lots of green on him on my sheet this week. I admittedly have not thought about Jason Duffner in like 10 years. So let's let's look at this together. Is there a Jason Duffner resurgence? Oh boy. Kind of. Four and a half or five strokes gained off the tee in his last three. He's gained on approach in each one of those. More importantly, I don't know what he's doing with the flat stick, but he's gained with the putter in three straight. 31st, 24th, and 20th in terms of finishing positions. Oh man, you're going to make me do this, aren't you? Let's go to everybody in this field last 12 rounds. Let's see where our good friend Jason Duffner appears. 12th. 12th best player in the field over the last 12 rounds. Uh, actually, probably better than that ball striking because he's gaining like a stroke per round. But again, I think this really comes down to the putter. He's actually worse than that. Um, but wow. Gaining nearly a half a stroke with the putter. I think this could probably go as quickly as it has as it has come. But again, with a very low bar, this is probably the best he's played in a long time. Maybe since, honestly, since this time last year. Maybe this is his kind of, maybe maybe he's got those, uh, what, what does it call it? The, the body rhythms, the sim, symbiotic, what's that called? Somebody will know in the chat where like every July, mid-July to mid-August he plays well. Stats aren't bad. Hey, Rick, are, love playing the, in season-long fantasy leagues this year. Any thoughts on doing a recap show? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's likely, right? We're going to have, so I am a uh, circadian. I think it's circadian. Armina's texting. I think it's circadian or it might be circadian. She's way smarter than I am. So I have a lot of thoughts about season long fantasy. I've got a lot of good. I've got a lot of bad. I've got a lot of ideas. I think we will do a little bit of a recap. I've got there. Um, there are, you know, we're going to have a couple of small breaks without tournaments. I know there's a 15 day basically break from August 28th to September 11th, which I am doing a massive overhaul of the data on the back end, um, which will be great for everybody uh, as it flows into the tools. But I will try to find some time to do a little bit of a recap. The first off, don't play in 12 leagues. I was uh, way out over my skis there in terms of trying to do waiver wire and, and stuff like that. Um, I'll, I'll spare you. This. I, I've, I've floated a couple of ideas 
uh, all, you know, probably in this live chat in the last couple of months, but I- I've got some ideas to, 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 we can make it a lot better. Hey, Rick Lowry or Denny for one and done barely in the money. And I want to make a move upward. If you want to make a move upwards, you probably have to go with Lowry. Uh, Denny McCarthy is likely to be one of the more popular golfers, um, selected this week. Do we jump back in on Aberg at low ownership? Feels like the industry tried to be early on him and he's not ready for prime time yet. Um, I, I find it difficult to, uh, right now to be in on Aberg in a four round situation. Uh, he hits it generally long and straight, which is good. Now we'll see if he, it will see if he clubs down because there are so many spots around here where driver is just not necessary. Um, you know, especially with, with his distance, he's going to be able to like, to get it out to 300 yards and have 60 yards. Like he's just not going to need, you're just not going to need driver everywhere. Right. So there's going to be a lot of clubbing down here. Um, so what would that be 300? And then, yeah, like a one, well, I guess that's actually a lot longer, but that's a par five, I think. Um, so there's just going to be a lot of spots where he's not going to need to hit driver around this place. The other concern that I have is um, he is very, very volatile from round to round, incredibly volatile. And the problem is if he has that bad round on Thursday or Friday, there's kind of a chance he misses the cut around here, right? I mean, look at his, just look at the three I'm open. He loses 1.6, gains five, loses three, loses three. Kind of a similar story some other times too, right? Plus two, plus five, minus two, plus six. Here's a plus five, plus two, minus four, minus one and a half. We have not yet seen that consistency from him. So that's kind of my bigger concern as opposed to a concern about um, his skill set, his course fit, his ownership. I just, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the consistency. Hey, Rick, I haven't heard a ton on Hadwin or Taylor Moore this week, thoughts on either of them? I think I'm probably not nearly as high. I've actually heard a lot about Adam Hadwin this week. Um, maybe it's just the circles I run in, which are generally quite small. I don't like the two missed cuts in a row. I don't like the fact that um, you know he's a very good putter, and statistically, he's going to show up as a good putter, but a lot of that comes from the 9.8 strokes he gained at Detroit Golf Club. Other than that, he's been very average with the flat stick. Um, you look at his history around here, it's, it's obviously good. The T10... Two years ago, missed the cut in 2019, but then it kind of actually goes back pretty far. He doesn't play this event every single year, so I'm I'm not nearly as bullish on Adam Hadwin as I've I've heard others. I think Andy was quite high on him, so um, I I'm not quite there yet. And then Taylor Moore, who I'm a big buyer on long term, I, I I worry a little bit about um, kind of what we've seen with the putter, how he's been kind of reliant on that club to get him across the cut line and he hasn't been able to put together consistent returns anywhere. It would be one thing if he was constantly driving it well and struggling with the, it's just, this is all over the place and it's five missed cuts in his last six. So I'm probably out on, on both of those guys. Hey Rick, I love the content. Thank you, Todd. I'm in the money. My one and done. I've used Sungjae, JT and Denny. Do you like Matsuyama, Henley Burns or someone else? Um, probably, uh, if you're in the money, you should you could probably hold the hold on Burns. I think he will become more valuable uh, further in the year. Henley is either now or never. You're not going to use him again anywhere else. Um, so it's really a question between Hideki and Henley. I'm fine with either. If you want to play it a little bit safer, go with Henley. If you want to try to jump up, even though you're already in the money, I think Matsuyama is. 
the guy. What do we do with Webb this week? Absolutely crushes Sedgefield, but it's having an ugly season. Um, I'd go a little bit further, Kyle. I'd say he's, he's kind of having an ugly like two years. Um, th- this to me is is not investable. You know, I hope that he plays well. Um, he is now, I think I said this yesterday or Monday. I mean, he's, he's, he's in semi-retirement, right? He's only going to play a handful of times a year. He, he has allowed Paul Tesori to go find other players. Uh, I understand the history around this place is, is, is phenomenal. It's the best. It's amazing, but he is not that golfer anymore. Um, so yes, lot, lots of concerns here. Webb will not be getting my American dollars. Love the content. Love the site. Thanks. Um, love its playoff time and season long fantasy. It is. Yeah. I mean, so if you're, if you're paying attention last week, no, it's not playoff time yet, right? Playoff. This is the last week of the regular season. And then playoffs would start, uh, with the playoffs. So I think, I think round one is Memphis round two is Chicago. Can you please advise four from these six Griffin? I'm assuming Ben. Uh, Vincent Norman, Nikolai Hoygaard, KH Lee, Matt Neesmith, Harrison Endicott. That would be Ben Norman, Hoygaard, and probably Neesmith. Quite close, though. Harry, thanks for all the hard work you do. All good. Um, this being last week, which golfers need to play well and what positions do they need to play next week? So there is probably a chart floating around somewhere. The PGA Tour usually tweets this out. I think Justin Thomas needs like minimum 17th place or better, something like that, or 18th place. It, it will also depend on the like what everyone else does, right? If someone jumps Justin Thomas, he's going to need better than that. So there's probably a chart floating around somewhere. I don't have it handy. Uh, maybe if I can find it, I'll, I'll tweet it out later. Hey Rick, thanks for all you do. Can you do a deep, a deep, deep dive on Ryan Moore? Not just a deep dive, a deep, deep dive. Okay, so here's Ryan Moore. He has missed two cuts, three in his last four, four in his last six. He did get a good result in there at uh, the Barbasol where he gained seven and a half strokes on approach, but he basically lost all of that over the course of his next four rounds. So it's not like he's consistent. That's by far his best approach week since, boy, further back than 2020, um, maybe ever since the 2016 Traveler. So it's certainly out of character for him. He is a below average golfer uh, with good course history, but a mixed bag as of late. And then his current skill set, I love how accurate he is. I love how good his kind of wedge game is. Uh, He does not make a lot of birdies. In fact, he makes very few birdies. And he has not played statistically as well. Um, Like a four and a half out of 10. Hola, Rick. Are the 2023 fall tournaments going to give out FedEx Cup points? I run my one and done league by FedEx Cup points and heard the PGA may do away with this point system. So Jake, it is insanity that you are asking this question as we are like five weeks away from starting. It is also insanity that I don't even really think I know. That's kind of how chaotic this has been. I think they are going so so the reason I'm guessing this is I I obviously get data from the PGA Tour. So there are the way that they send over stats, there are stat categories. 
and they've added a bunch of stat categories that have not been filled yet. Um, like there's a, a shell for them, but no data is coming in. And I and one of them is FedEx Cup fall points. So my guess and my understanding is that there will be some point system for the fall because that's how golfers 71 through 150 are going to have to, they're going to improve their position, right? And they're going to be able to try to get themselves into more events for next year. I, I, however, on January 1st or whenever the new, you know, the, the season starts, I believe everybody gets wiped back down to zero FedEx cup points. So I don't know if they're calling them FedEx Cup points. I don't know if they're calling them FedEx Cup fall points. I don't know if the structure is the same, 500, 300, whatever. I don't know if your fantasy site or if your one and done site is going to tap into the fall points. It's madness. It's absolute madness. But my understanding is there will be some point system. Hey, Rick, can we look at your favorite pivot options in the 8 and 7K range? Sure. So here is the cheat sheet, rickrungood.com. Go subscribe. Uh, Mike Cavalunas, who manages the projected ownership uh, for rickrungood.com, has just made an update about, I don't know, two hours ago. So these numbers are uh, quite fresh. So uh, looking at pivots, looking at where the ownership is going to congregate. Basically, everybody from 9200 bucks and up is somewhere between like 14 and 22 Not a whole lot of... Uh, guys standing out. I guess that makes sense because last I checked, there were four guys who were all 20 to one to win this golf tournament. Justin Thomas is the guy who's lagging behind. I don't necessarily think that's a great pivot just because he is lower owned. So I'd actually go out on a limb and say above $8,400 play whoever you want. You know, everyone is 12 to 22%. The main guys are like 16 to 22. I'm not sure there's a pivot there. The bottom of the AK range, um, I mean, Alex Smalley is is the is the most popular, which I get. Hadwin is a pivot, but only by four percent. Not great. I mean, do you see any natural pivots here? How about so? I mean, th- this doesn't this this doesn't even. I mean, you, okay, Adam Shank I think is like the first good one, right? Maybe off of a ten percent owned Thomas Dietrich or an eleven percent owned Eric Cole. Adam Shank is like 5%, has top 10 upside, which he's done three times in his last five starts, playing really good golf right now. I think that quant- qualifies as a pivot. I think Brandon Todd would also, if you wanted to get off a 12.75% Nikolai Hoygaard. Um, Brandon Todd uh, modeled very well for me this week. This was the model that I ran on Monday. Brandon Todd was my third golfer, uh, my number three ranked golfer. So he he models very, very well for me. That Okay, if you want to get off an, a 7% Nicholas Lindheim, Had, Hadley, who we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, I think makes a lot of sense. But there, do, there does not feel like a lot of natural pivots with the way the ownership is, is, is shaping up. And I feel like that's the first time I've ever really said that. Lowry has been uh, consistently good off the tee and is gaining strokes overall at better field since the PGA Championship. Would that make him a good choice for a matchup or for a splash contest? Yeah, so in so Scott is referring to... So the splash contest that we have, it's it's been full for like 12 hours, so I, w- I wish there were more spots available, but it's pick them style. Try to get in earlier next week, I guess. Um, Shane Lowry, so... You, 
the reason I think Scott's pulling this up is because he's talking about consistency, right? He's talking about um, guys that over four rounds are not going to burn you. One of my favorite ways to do this is to go to the power rankings, go to the strokes gain distribution, open this up to like, you know, 50 rounds. And then let's just look at Shane Lowry against his peers and see how often he gains strokes in each category. And it's pretty good, right? So he gains strokes to the field 68% of the time. It's more than Adam Scott. It's it's more than Sung Jay. It's equal to Hideki. It is less than Sam Burns and Russell Henley. Um, however, the the flip side to that is Lowry has more upside than, than Sam Burns and Russell Henley. He gains four strokes to the field, 14% of the time, five strokes to the field, 8% of the time compared to eight and two for Henley, eight and four for Burns. So I believe Scott, that you have identified, um, yes, a good consistent, like if you're looking for a consistent, safer option, that would be the guy. If you want to, sort, I, I would look at guys that, you know, sort by guys who gain strokes to the field, uh, two strokes or, or more to the field. Eric Cole, Kevin Yu, Nick, Nicholas Lindheim, Bo Hostler, Denny McCarthy. Those are your bigger, you know, guys that are consistently gaining to the field. Good call. Better DraftKings play Denny or Aaron Rye? Well, Denny is going to be 22% owned. Aaron Rye is going to be 14% owned. They are within $100 of each other. They both have a lot of reasons to like them. I suppose uh, because of the 8% difference in projected ownership, t- technically Aaron Rye would probably be better. Rick, can you give a little insight to your DraftKings usage on specific players you like? For example, Monday you said you'd love an 11% owned Sam Burns. So out of uh, out of 10 lineups, how many would you have on Burns? So um, for example, if there was like an 11% owned Sam Burns, I would probably go like two and a half or three X times that, right? So that would be 25 to 30%, something like that. Um, the other way that I kind of do this, so you guys know, or, or if you've been around for a while, you know that I do the core cascading method for some of the 20 maxes. Um, I've obviously, now that the custom model has gotten so many more updates with the waves and all this other stuff, I generate a lot of lineups through here and then just export those into, um, into DraftKings. I generally bop up the randomness a little bit. Oh, I'm in the way. So the randomness, um, you know, I'm not, like naive enough to think that my projections or my models are absolutely perfect. So I introduced some randomness so that I can get access to some guys that maybe my brain wouldn't have necessarily, necessarily considered. Right. So every time it runs a lineup, it will randomize at whatever rate that you want it to randomize. So um, that's how I kind of get access to some of the guys that aren't necessarily on the top of my mind. Like they are, when I do the core cascading method, which is like strictly from my brain and a very, very tight core. First round leaders. Um, so the method would be very similar every single week, right? It would be pro- you know, maybe somebody from the afternoon wave and then somebody that can gain four or five strokes to the field at a frequent rate. So I would look up uh, tea times for Stuart Sink, Akshay Batia, Davis Riley, Nicholas Lindheim, Ches Revy, right? And they're probably all 80 to one. I don't know, something like that. They're all in the $7,000 range. So go go check those guys out. Uh, is this a good course to roll out Kevin Yu? Does it have putting greens? If it does, it might not be a great place to roll out Kevin Yu um, because he does this. He's lost 11 strokes putting in his last six rounds. Yes, he gained 7.8 at TPC Deer Run. Uh, it was a T6, but he is a big time loser with the putter. Uh, that is a huge concern, huge, huge concern. So 
I would generally say I'm concerned. <laughs> Earnings pool, Denny or Henley, toss up. Um, listen, I think they're like they both have basically the same odds. I think they're both great options. No opinion on an earnings pool. Toss it up. Thoughts on Cam Davis for run and done. I mean, in, in, you're fourth in the run and done, and the top three have already used him. Seems risky, but I like him. Wow. The, uh, Matthew, I, I mean, if you are fourth in the one and done, you are looking at a pretty significant payday. Um, so this is a, a lot of personal preference here because the safe option would be, you know, try to hold your position, play Henley, or you can kind of put, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to look this up now. So hold on. Let me pull up the run and done. Fourth place has got to be like seven, five grand, right? Something like that. Might be more than that. It is, it's five grand. Okay. So you've got to consider uh, what's more important to you. Try to get to 15 or risking going down to 900. That's a personal preference. I don't think I have an answer to that. Hey, Rick, what are your thoughts on Monday Q West? Brian made his last two cuts. Yeah. So first off, I, I just shout out to those guys, uh, Wes and George, what they're doing. Um, like in my world, I think is, is awesome, right? They are actually genuine content creators on YouTube who play phenomenal golf, right? Wes, or excuse me, uh, uh, George pre-queued. Do you, did you know that if you, if you can't get into the Monday qualifier, you have to pre-qualify for the Monday. So hard to get into a PGA tour event. So he pre-qualified then got into a playoff with Wes at the Monday queue. That's insane enough. Didn't make it through. Wes made it through. Uh, they're, they're building a golf club, which I think is awesome. I, I think they're really doing things the right way. I, I, you know, shout out to these guys. Do I like West for this week? Um, probably not. It is definitely a better spot for him because one it's, you know, it's, it's a Carolina golf course in which distance is not going to be super critical. Uh, that is kind of the key for Wes. Now, the other problem is when we have seen him play well, he's usually been able to put together a combination of good approach play and good putting. We are not necessarily, we're, we're seeing kind of that right now. Um, I will do this for you though, because I'm, I am just kind of personally curious about this. Let's go back the last five years. And remember, Wes has dealt with a ton of injuries, right? So it, it's kind of even hard to look back at his, at his, past form and say, oh, well, he always plays well at short golf courses or something like that because he's he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. It's hard to say where he's at right now. But if we just did short golf courses, I'm genuinely just curious on where Wes would show up here. You know, he won at Harbortown. It was a long time ago. I should have done this on um, the tournament tab. I mean, he's missed a lot of cuts since then. I didn't even go back far enough to get his his Harbor town win. So unfortunately I hope I'm wrong. It's kind of a tough buy on Wes. Was the model favorable for Lee Hodges last week? Um, I think it was, I think it was okay. I don't know what the model said, but I, I know we talked about it. Cause I, um, I wrote him up, uh, for golf digest as well, because I, the idea was he has been, so, so let's, let's forget about the TPC twin cities one here. So let's scroll down a little bit. So when you look at this profile, you see boomer bust, 
right? You see a guy who's got four top 30s, two of them are top 12s, and then three missed cuts in his last seven starts. Positive driver of the ball, can generally very good on approach, and he can get hot with the putter. That's a pretty good high upside stat profile. So that's why um, he made that DFS article that I write for, for Golf Digest. Did I think he was going to lap the field and win and gain 18 and a half? Like, obviously not, but I don't think that him playing well was that big of a shock. If he would have posted a, a T6, we would have been like, yep, yep, makes sense. Absolutely within his range of outcomes. So he got within his range of outcomes and then just snapped off and ceiling the thing. Hey, Rick, I'm leading my 20 person one and done trying to decide between Denny and Siwoo. Pros and cons to both. Um, probably Denny for me, but I'm a. I'm a risk-adverse donkey. Hearing a lot of people emphasizing driving accuracy, putting short irons, ball striking, and course history. That's that's basically everything. Are those the best indicators for success? Can we see a model? Um, I think that's fair, right? You know, we've talked about it a lot this week. Accuracy models really well in my model. Uh, it's a shorter golf course, so you're going to get shorter irons and, and approaches coming from, you know, call it 175 and in. You are going to get a sticky course history. Yes. And then Bermuda putting like, yeah, for sure. So it is a, it is a, it is a stock standard model, um, but it's fine. So let's do it. Like, let's just real quick do, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a couple of, I'm just going to, so what do we have? Four things here. I'm going to put 25 on each of them. Okay. So let's do driving accuracy for 25. Let's do course history strokes gain sedge field for 25 let's do bermuda putting for 25 and let's do i'll actually do the approaches um in the bucket so i'll put so 25 i'll do eight eight and uh nine so i'll do eight eight and nine from 100 to 175 so this is basically what you've what you've asked for and uh russell henley is number one of course ryan moore is number two uh, I just, I just, uh, beat him up a couple minutes ago. Denny three, Zach Johnson, four, Brendan Todd, five, Chris John Bezaynhout, six, Harris English, Ryan Armour, Adam Hadwin, Sung JM. Okay. That's very, if, if this was a starting point for your model this week, I think you're in the right spot. And then, you know, you could obviously tweak this, add some randomness, do whatever, but I think that's a pretty, you know, maybe you want to remove, like, like I don't know how competitive Zach Johnson's going to be anymore, right? You know, how, so maybe you get rid of him. Maybe he wins. I have no idea. Thoughts on Trevor Cohn? Let's pull him up. He, I always see his name on the leaderboard and then I always check. I'm like, where did he, where did he finish? And like, I'm never super excited. So T3 at Barbasol, 66th, 66th at Barracuda, 64th at the 3M. Just kind of some of his best play recently. Uh, outside of the Barbasol, Tita Green, I wish was better. Putter's not very good. Has he played here before? No. Eh. It's a weak field. He's got a great hair hairdo, but I don't think that's for me. Can you clarify the uh, fantasy points calculated in the cheat sheet versus a player's Rating and custom model, top golfer in the cheat sheet in theory would have the highest in a model as well. Uh, no. So yes, I can clarify. So the cheat sheet projected points, that's just my projected fantasy points. Like that is a calculation that looks at 
two dozen different factors and says, you know, the the, the median fantasy points Sung JM is going to score is like 80.58 or whatever, right? Okay. That's just fantasy points. That's all it is. The, the value in the custom model is based on your inputs, has nothing to do with me. Um, in fact, there is actually a second column here, projected points that are mine. So you might run your model completely different than how I've run mine, right? Like my projected points do not like Ryan Moore. The model that I just ran loves him. Um, so you'll see like if I change, so, so Russell Henley's at 9.16. So if I change this and reallocate these weights, Russell Henley is now 91.51. He actually gets better because he's better from 100 to 125 where, where I moved those, I shifted those weights. So this is all user input, nothing to do with me. And then the reason you have to have this is because the mo- the the um the lineup builder needs to know how to build lineups. So if I put, you know, no randomness and we run lineups here, so Russell Henley's value that it is that it is generating lineups off of is 91.51. That's what's happening here, right? The the model needs a way to generate lineups. So it needs a value. Hope that helps. <sighs> okay. Um, handful of just like, Hey, can we do a deep dive on this guy, this guy, this guy, I'm going to come back to those. I'll write them down. They're Burns Griffin. I think I'm pretty high on Burns, pretty high on Griffin. Uh, Davis Riley. We'll come, we'll come back to these. I, I want to try to knock out as many of the bigger, because when you talk about one golfer, you only answer like that. It only answers one question. If we find other questions, we can answer a lot. We can talk about a lot of guys at once. Should the FedEx Cup standings make any difference when choosing a player this week? No, I don't think so. It, the argument would be, oh my gosh, Justin Thomas knows he needs a 17th place finish. Um, He's going to play well. Well, no. If he could flip a switch, he would have done it six weeks ago. The only thing that I would consider is, so There's this is one rare opportunity, JG, that... There are a lot of times in golf where uh, your desires for a golfer do not align with his. So winning your an outright ticket and winning for a golfer, your desires and their desires align. If you bet somebody top 40, th- that does not align with their, their, their desires. They don't care whether it's 38th or 42nd. Like they're not protecting the 40th. So the only thing that I would consider is if I already liked a guy and I saw, hey, what they kind of needed, like a top 20 or a top 30 or a top 40, maybe I want to go bet that because this is the one rare time in which that actually does align with your desires. Rick, I've been hemorrhaging strokes with the flat stick lately. How could I keep these stats for my own game? Uh I'm not getting paid for this, but you should check out Arcos. Uh, they should be. That would be such a perfect partnership, by the way. They should pay for that. Um, there are little sensors that go on the end of your clubs. Uh, I used them for a while. I would probably get back to using them, but they don't fit my mid my uh, plus four grips. And they track all your stats. It's actually quite interesting. Jock market picks. Okay. Um, so in jock market, so this is all about 
beating your own expectation, right? Or or beating a golfer's expectation. So there are different finishing positions for everybody. So I like to go a little bit further down the board and like I want to buy low on someone like Mark Hubbard who 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 missed the cut last week. So the suggested price for Mark Hubbard because he's a share now, uh like the stock market is 572. So if I put in 6 bucks a share, I need Mark Hubbard to finish 28th or better and for every position better than that, um, I get paid more. And for every position worse than that, I lose more. So you got to find these guys that you are higher on than others. I think that Adam Shank is a good one because he's also like a high upside guy. So I'm going to ask Adam Shank to finish 34th or better. Okay. So I'm just putting in a couple of bids right now. These bids uh, are open from right now until 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Let's do Cheston Hadley. He's going to be a lot cheaper. Let's try to get him for 356. That's 46 or better. Um, if you're one of the high bidders at 9 p.m. tonight, these shares get allocated to you and then live trading comes through. So you can see other people are bidding right now as well. Go get, go check this out. Promo code is Rick. There's a link in the description. We have a power hour tonight. The guys at Jock Market are killing it. They've got props now. They've got esports props. It's insane. Since Ricky is back in vogue, are you considering a name change? No, he should consider one. He should have dropped the Rick when he turned 18 or dropped the IE. Deep dive on Jim Herman. Please haven't heard much from him this year because there's nothing to hear. Do you believe in having to play someone in one and done? I have not played Sungjae and won't use him if not this week, but I hate his form. I feel weird not using him at all this year. Uh, you shouldn't. It shouldn't matter shouldn't matter, but I did it myself last week with Justin Thomas. And I said, if I don't play him now, I'm probably never going to play him. Can I really go the whole year without playing Justin Thomas? I should have, but, uh, I, you should not subscribe to that, but do as I say, not as I do. I will hit Jaeger real quick here because I do think Jaeger is generally being, I don't know if overlooked is the right word, but underappreciated. He's made every cut since the Mexico Open. It's like 12 in a row. He's got mostly finishes between T11 and T34. He's gained three to six strokes ball striking seemingly every single week. And his putter is starting to heat up. I think we might wake up tomorrow and Steven Yeager might be five under. And I'd be like, yeah, no, no, duh. Of course, he's going to be like, he's played so well recently. Um, T13 here last year. And then the last time he played was 2019. So I, I don't even think he didn't even have a tour card in 2019. I don't think so. Willing to give him a pass on that one. Jaeger's kind of scary, dangerous. Thoughts on the Smalley narrative? I think most narratives are overblown. The fact that he's you know a local, it's a competitive. We, you're right, Matt. Like we hear guys say this all the time. Oh, I've played this course a million times. But when they throw grandstands up and put it in tournament conditions, it's really different. So I, I don't care about like the narrative he's ball striking it. Well, I think there's better options than him. And I think he's a better option than others. I it's, I don't care about it at all. Quick question about my favorite website in the golfer profiles. You can see where golfer ranks in certain stats. However, is it possible to see a list of the rankings for that specific stat? Yeah, I should probably have a better way to do this, but if you go under Holy grail, click stats, then you can click whatever you want, right? Back nine scoring average, see it by salary, by rank, by value, et cetera, et cetera. They're all here for you. That would be the best way to do it. 
Nicholas Lindheim is certainly someone I, I find interesting this week. I, I, I'm a believer uh, that the Corn Ferry Tour is incredibly competitive. And when you have five events, even though they are spread out, but these are the five events since your return from a back injury, you've gone T8, T8, T27, third, and win. And that win was two weeks ago. You've got my attention. And I think I saw he's probably going to be about 7% owned is where I think Mike had him recently. Yeah, six six 6.84. That's fine. I think there's a chance he play. I mean, the Corn Ferry is very, very competitive. And this is going to skew. This is going to be one of the weakest. Uh, I shouldn't say that, but it's going to be pretty weak. Okay. Let's see what we have here. Um, Judging by your Zoom call selling for $700, what if you blocked out an hour each night or two 30-minute Zoom one-on-one calls? Could be easy dough. I imagine... So first off, thank you. Um, I imagine that a lot of the reason for that was because the money was going to St. Jude. I think I don't think people would be as willing to part with their funds if it was just going into my pocket. I could be wrong. That's my hunch. I also think that, I don't know, it feels feels kind of weird to charge for your time like that. Um, and I, and I just, I don't know, that could flame out. I don't know. It's, yeah, I agree that it's interesting. I don't know if I'll ever get there. It feels kind of weird. Second place in my 30-man one and done. Only this week left before our league refreshes players. Oh. I'm rolling with Henley. I don't have a deck here. Yeah, that's fine. Do that. Uh, I'm skipping the first part because I kind of already talked about it. Will you ever get a DFS listeners contest on DraftKings? Uh, probably not. <laughs> they big-timed me three years ago, and I'm holding a grudge. <laughs> Glover or Todd to finish my lineup? I like Todd. One has to go. So one has to go in or one has to go out. Davis Riley. Oh, Davis Riley or Pendrith. That's confusing. Uh, I would play Pendrith. Is Tyson Alexander back? Was he ever here? That's the real question. He had that one fit. What was his Honda? What was that really good finish he had? Oh, Houston. I don't think he's back. I mean, if back is missing... (laughs) like 10 of 12 cuts. He's back. I see what you're saying. Like the T20 last week was fine. He gained across the board. Has he played here before? No. Yikes. I don't know, man. Doesn't seem super sustainable. Is there a remote possibility that a bird destroys this golf course off the tee? Yeah. Remember when he, when he had like, every drive over 320 and hit every single fairway in one of his first, like, yes, that is absolutely possible. Can we get an update on the straight flushers? They are straight flushed down the toilet. I think I'm in last. I'll pull it up right now. Um, It's been fairly competitive. Everybody is within five games of each other, which is pretty good. I'm in dead last. So can you guys see this? 
So everybody's within five games, which is nice. This is actually one of the closer leagues we've seen. Some of them are a lot more spread out. My team. So my anchors this year, just to tell you how good this team's, uh, how this how this season went. My first two, my first round draft pick and my second round draft pick were Tom Kim and Colin Morikawa. So you can imagine this season is not going well for me. Um, and then, you know, with, I mean, just everybody that I'm, I'm dead in the water. Like if those are your two anchors and I've gotten essentially no production out of my top two draft picks, horrible. I'm rolling out this God awful team this week. Um, the highest scoring player on my team is Tom Kim. And I think he's like the 30th overall scorer this year. Just can't whiff on your first two picks. Cannot whiff on your last two picks. So Lindheim is number one in your power rankings. Thoughts? So I, I want to be clear. So I just talked about Lindheim, but I want to be clear like, yes, he is, but it is because of like, it's a small sample size and it's against the corn fairy guys. If you switch the weighted strokes gained, he is, uh, I mean, he's probably going to be a lot further. Down. Actually, I should change it to 36 rounds because that would be, that would be the equivalent of what I'm assuming you're talking about. So if you go to weighted strokes gained, Lindheim is, I'm still scrolling here, aren't I? Did I pass him? Ling Mirth, he's 83rd. So exercise caution. Under, understand what you're getting yourself into here. Done the ownership, done that. Don't you don't have to repeat questions, please. Um how much Henley do you want? Medium, medium plus. I think he's great. I think he's great. Uh, I do worry about, I mean, I worry about a lot of things. I worry about just like how level this field is, but should be a really good spot for him. <laughs> uh, who do you like from 7,200 to 7,400? All right, let's go see. So that would be from Shank to Stevens. Okay. I mean, probably a lot of guys. So already talked about Shank, already talked about Todd. Todd modeled very well for me. Um, Ben Griffin, I think, is better this week than most. I'm, I've been in on Doug Gim and will remain in on Doug Gim for the foreseeable future. Nick Hardy's playing a little bit better. So those those are kind of the three. Todd, Shank, Gim, Griffin. Course history. Solely on course history. So go to the Holy Grail. Uh, go for how many seasons you want. Everybody in this field, uh, Wyndham, and start looking at sample sizes. Guys with at least sixteen rounds: Sungjae, Webb, Henley, Horschel, Zach Johnson, Denny, Hideki, Rory Sabatini, Jim Herman, Ryan Moore. My main man, Slick Rick, while Jay Z is here. Hove is on a pretty crappy run lately. My boy Chris Kirk keeps popping up everywhere for me. Want to give this fella a deep dive? For you, Hove, of course. 
I'm not as bullish on Chris. Again, I think, um, you know, I talked to Andy on Tuesdays and I don't know if I super, if we're super on the same page uh, this week. I'm, it's hard to get excited for this, right? I mean, he's got four missed cuts in his last six. The other two are a T14 and T21. I think that when he plays well, he is obviously capable of winning. He's capable of finding these T3s, but I think we are pretty far removed from this guy from the first two months of, of, of the year. Um, I don't love this, but I'm, I might be on the outside looking in there. A lot of Brendan Todd stuff postman for Ryder cup. Unless he wins this week, next week and the week after I cannot imagine he finds his way to the Ryder cup team. Just way too many guys. No, this is actually true. So course history seems to be very important. Um, are you buying into that narrative or are you looking at more at statistical data per usual? I don't, th- there's a way to look at course history and say, this is not a narrative, right? Like if uh, I'll, I'll whip up a report, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and I'll have it on the website. That'll show you like how sticky each course history is. This one definitely skews stickier, right? Three M's all over the place. Tories all over the place. Augusta's very consistent. This is like pretty consistent. So not necessarily a narrative. The data can also tell us that this is pretty sticky. Have you ever shot into a group in front of you due to slow play? What was your worst experience on the course? No, because I'm not an idiot. I mean, the things that the things that I read on like golf Reddit for the way people treat each other is absolutely bonkers. Like it's just golf and people are ready to murder each other on the golf course over slow play and whatever. It's insane. Like, where are you go? Who cares? Either go around or like you're playing golf. Who cares? Uh, that There's people are strung way too tight. Uh, worst experience on the course. <sighs> Great question. Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, I'll, I'll save that. I'll save it. Nothing crazy happens. I don't like, come on. I don't, I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> um, uh, new one and done for the fall or 2023 full season. Let me see what's going on. Let's get the schedule. We're supposed to get the schedule next week. Let's see what happens there. Let me knock out a couple of these deep dive requests. I'll go to the ones that I've gotten the most of. So Nick Hardy, um, three straight made cuts, five out of his last six. Losing strokes on approach is not great. The putter is heated up. This will regress at some point because he's not usually that good of a putter. That is scary. Uh, I promise Sam Burns. I'm probably higher on Burns than most. I like Burns in a way that like, I'm not sure there are even good slash bad courses for Burns. I think that when he plays his best, he can win anywhere. Uh, his best is usually a pretty high upside style of golf of like approach and putting. And it's kind of just all about timing and getting him at a good number. And I think this is a pretty decent spot. The other one I, I promised also Ben Griffin, who is starting to round in the form. Look at the approach play. I think it's nine straight in which he's gained on approach where he's been trying to get back to an average driver of the ball with gains in the short game categories. That's pretty solid. 
And then Davis Riley was the other one that I promised that I continue. And I said, I said this about Nick Hardy as well, but Nick Hardy's played a lot better. You know, I don't know how they won in Louisiana. And he, he being Davis Riley has not played well since then. Uh, starting to drive it a little bit better, but the approach play's gone. This is pretty bad stat profile. I have answered uh, these. How's your golf game going? Are you still taking lessons? Yes, I played this morning. I shot an 80. Uh, could have been a 75. Could have been an 85. I was kind of all over the place. I'm hitting it much, much better. The lessons, I mean, get, get, if you can afford it and you can spend the time and you're willing to take it on and you're willing to suck for a while, the lessons really help. Um, I got to I gotta tighten up my chipping a little bit, but I'm, I'm driving it well. I'm, I'm, I'm really close. I'm really close to, I think, consistently shooting in the upper 70s. I think I'm really close. Currently first in my one and done by over a million. All right, then you should just pick probably Denny, right? Like what's the point in not just chalking it up? Here's a Doc Redman. Uh, I talked about him a little bit on Monday. I'll just reiterate very quickly. The bar for Doc has been very low the last couple of years. We are seeing some, like one beep, beep, like one sign of life. And this is probably one of the better courses for him. I will proceed with extreme caution, but I will proceed, which is something that I have never, I haven't said in the last two years. Are you concerned about Eric Cole? Yes. Um, the, the short and crooked off the tee is the worst thing you can be on the PGA Tour. He makes up for it with a ton of birdies. And an elite second shot, but I am worried about Eric Cole. Is Glover going to get back on track? I think so. I think there's a really good a really good case to be made for Lucas Glover, who has a good miscut last week, has been putting better, and the only thing he's ever done wrong at Sedgefield is hemorrhage strokes with the flat stick. So give me the the 15 years of ball striking. And the last six weeks of putting. And I think you've got yourself a pretty decent finish for, for Lucas Glover. Uh, Rick, sorry if this is stupid. New to DFS PGA this year. I'm subscribed monthly to your site. Is there enough action to keep being subscribed after this or, or to keep the week of, uh, Yeah. So, well, we're going to have the FedEx Cup playoffs, which are way better than this event because you're going to get all the big names. Then there's like two weeks off and then you get the new season or the new, like, I don't even know what it's going to be called, but there's going to be events in the fall that are going to have DFS embedding. And like, even if they don't count for FedEx Cup points, uh, they're obviously, I mean, there's going to be DraftKings. There's going to be all that fun stuff. And there's Ryder Cup stuff. Also, I, I, I should point this out more often. The custom model has Corn Ferry, Live Golf, European Tour when they play. So uh, golf's a global game. RickRunGood.com is a global website, baby. Let's go. 
Is there a way to sort golfers by recent round performances? I'm looking to find golfers that have shot 64s or better in the last six months. Not on my website, but I'll add it. Can we see the best and worst Bermuda putters? Yep. So, holy grail, strokes game by tournament. Everybody in this field, let's go, what do you want to do? Last four years, you could go any, anywhere you want. Hit you with the Bermuda, uh, which is here, and show you best and worst putters. We got to find sample sizes here. Best, Denny, Sam Burns, Brendan Todd, Zach Johnson, Cheston Hadley, Mac Hughes. Worst with sample sizes. Um, whoops, sorry. My scroll was a little fast there. Doug Gim, oh boy. Jason Duffner, Benny Ann, Martin Laird, Michael Kim, Lucas Glover, Henrik Norlander, etc., etc. What are your thoughts on Dylan Wu? Love Dylan Wu personally. Love his game in total, but Homeboy just had the single greatest putting week of the year of the season. Technically that is not going to happen again. Again, 11 and a half strokes putting. Um, I will take my regression week and I will catch up with you a bit down the road. Wow. We are going to be in overtime very quickly here. This, that 57 minutes has flown. I love this. There's nothing more where I get to talk about golf. I get to use the website. I get to mess around. Nobody tells me when to stop. Nobody tell, look, just awesome. I'll go into overtime real quick. I'll remind you sign up for rickrungood.com. Sign up for Jock Market, Stock Market DFS. Use the code Rick, link in the description. Sign up for my newsletter, absolutely free. I send out stats and data every single week, 100% free. Also, I would say sign up for the splash contest, but it's already full. Would you be comfortable fading the 10K range and starting with Lowry this week? I don't know if the answer is Lowry, but I'd be comfortable. I'd be I'd be comfortable skipping the 10K. Yeah, I mean these guys have questions, right? Sungjae struggled recently. Hideki at that price needs like a legitimate top five. Henley's good, not great, and Burns can crash and Burns. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm fine if you want to skip the 10K range. I I think Lowry's okay. I would rather, I'd almost rather start at like Jaeger, dude. I mean, honestly, what if I just skip, if I just skip all of these guys in the 9K and above range? I don't hate it. What if I just go Jaeger, Cam Davis, Denny McCarthy, Aaron Rye? What does that leave me with? Hmm. Does anywhere offer buckets for betting? Example, Henley to finish 10th or 11th to 20th. Not that I'm aware of. That'd be sick though. So I have a note or like a document that I keep updated of like, if, if there was a sports book that only cared about golf, right. And like, here are all the options and here's how they could do it. Matchups for every single. So what you, you would choose your matchup, you would choose two golfers and it would just algorithmically assign the price. Like that already exists. Why are we not making it available to the public? Um, that's a good one, Mike. I hadn't thought about that. That's going to go on the list. Rick, do we have any way to track first round performances comparatively? First round top 10 seems to be an important stat. 
in the current environment? Well, I suppose, um, could we not just go strokes gained by round last three years and filter by round one and just show the best players? I also have another filter, don't I? Oh, this is also on short courses. There we go. Like, and see that Adam Scott gains 1.7 strokes per round in opening rounds. And that Justin Suh gains 1.4 in 54 rounds. And Justin Suh hasn't lost strokes in round one since the Wells Fargo. And he's gained two, four, four, two, five and a half, five and a half during that run. Or that Will Gordon. No, never mind. Stinks. Uh, Or that Augusto Nunez gains 1.3 over 50 rounds. Or Mark Hubbard, 1.2 over 57. So yeah, this is possible. MJ Duffy's been good too recently. Hmm. I get lost in this. More actionable data, driving accuracy or distance from edge of fairway. And how does distance from edge of fairway differ from distance from center of fairway? Well, Drew... As you can imagine, one is the distance from the edge of the fairway and one is the distance from the center of the fairway. Um, I, I don't know how to explain that any better. The When you miss the fairway, if you miss it 30 feet to the right, that's distance from edge of fairway. If you are in the fairway, but 30 feet from the middle of the center of the fairway, that's 30 feet from center of fairway. I don't like that one as much because I think there's a lot of times in our, I don't like center of fairway as much because I think there's a lot of times in our game where guys are trying to pick certain sides of the fairway to come in from. So why would we choose center of the fairway when we don't even know if that's their target or not? Um, Edge of fairway is a little more actionable in terms of like how big their misses are. I do not have a a brand loyalty for hotels, though uh, I will sell out if anybody's interested. I'll wear the logo. Uh, And I I do have a lot of travel planned, so I could use one. I think in general, um, do I like Hilton's? Where's the ones that give you the, uh, the cookie when you check in? That's my favorite. Just whatever that one is. And then... I, you know what I you know what I do do is I've got the travel credit card so I can be agnostic, and also I have um, I do my hotels.com rewards so I kind of get everywhere, so I'm pretty big pretty big deal. When you go out and play, are you hitting from the tips? <laughs> no, uh, today I played from 6,500 yards, so I. Listen, when I hit it well, it goes between 240 and 260. So me playing from the tips seems like a horrible idea. Any sneak peek on changes or new features coming to the site for next season? I hate committing to stuff like this, but uh, in general, you will have a lot more data from more tours. So as of right now, if you guys, to get into the nitty gritty of it, you know, not all tours have strokes gained, not all track fairways, whatever. 
I will have basically the most complete of everything, um, which will be really nice. And everything will be calculated on basically a per shot basis. I think you're going to see a lot more per shot stuff, um, which will be cool. The other thing is just more user friendliness, more, I don't like to commit to that stuff, but it'll be, it'll be cool. Wow. We're in overtime. That's how long it took to get to my betting card. Caveat. Don't bet these guys, bet whoever you want. Don't spend my money. I won't spend yours. I have four golfers. Um, it starts at Aaron Rye, 40 to one goes Doug Gim, Lucas Glover, Mark Hubbard at 80, 80, 80. I could probably still get a guy at the top. One of the twenties. It would probably be Russell or Denny. I, however, I think at this point I'm probably just going to pass and take take these four: Rye, Gim, Glover, Hubbard. Although I bet you freaking Sam Burns wins this thing. I read an interesting stat, says Rockface. That five of the last 12 Wyndham players have also won the players at Sawgrass. I wonder if a study of all top 20 players in this tourney have played well at Sawgrass. I wonder. You would also have to look at all top 20 players for other courses compared to Sawgrass as well. Right? Right? There's like three steps of trends and everybody only ever takes like step one and maybe step one and a half. Step three is comparing to everything else. It's pretty interesting, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Ray Copals. Well, I've been looking at driving accuracy rankings at Edge of Fairway. It doesn't seem like a very big difference from... Yeah, so this is like... Don't like send me like your climate change stuff, but like I liken this to uh global climate where it's like, oh, the the earth got like two degrees warmer. And everyone's like, two degrees, like that's nothing. But like two degrees on average is like a ton, right? So that's kind of how driving accuracy and distance from edge of fairway are and like approach putt performance as well. Small differences in averages there are like kind of big with how many shots they hit and like the nature of it. So I, I understand what you're saying, Ron, uh, but I still think it's pretty in, like I still think the guy who is in 20th is like way better than the guy in 80th. What browser do you recommend for your website? Chrome seems glitchy on me recently. Won't show the tournaments when hovering in global. Uh, That's not that's me. That's not you or. So you're talking about this, right? Global, and then you hover, and it would tell you the tournament. It, I I I had to remove that. It was like driving me and everybody else crazy. So I will have a um I'll have a solution for that where when you hover, but that's not you. But Chrome is the best. Chrome is always the best. My wife left me for some reason, for someone better. Any advice? Uh, have you asked her? Do you still want her? Do you want to try to get her back? Is it worth pursuing? Are you at different points in your life? Should you just move on? 
What did you do? Look inside. Reflect. Could you have been a better husband? Tough to say. Redmond has fallen off the grid. Yes, yes. But he's stumbling back towards the grid. How's Sam Bennett looking? God, I love him, but I can I cannot cannot endorse. Um, we've lost the putter, which is not super unusual. He's losing on approach. He's lost three of his last four cuts in some pretty. I mean, the last two missed cuts in those fields are kind of inexcusable. When you start to zoom out a little bit, you got the really good play at the Masters, whichever which is going to prop him up for a while. The rest of it's like not sparkling. He's young, he's raw, he's talented. I've seen him in person. I love his game. But this is not great. Season long pick. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick your whole lineup for you. Do you ever play parlays to make the cut or top 20, 30, or forty? Uh, no, because um, that's what they want you to do. That's what they want you to do. I do those in other sports because I'm a sucker loser. But in a, in a sport where I think I am like somewhat knowledgeable, it's pretty bad. All right, we're at the end. Got about ten minutes of uh, overtime there. Hope that was fun. I'll see you guys tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time, Rick Rungood YouTube channel for the Jock Market Power Hour. I'll see you guys on rickrungood.com. I'll see you guys in the Slack channel. I'll see you guys on X, my favorite social media site. And um, I will now ask Mina if she could end the show. Goodbye.